Ukrainian officials said this morning that they are now considering a Russia missile strike as one of the several possible causes for a Ukrainian passenger plane crash that happened shortly after the flight took off from Tehran's International Airport last Wednesday. A uh, strike by a missile, missile, possibly a TOR missile system, is among the main theories as information has surfaced on the Internet about elements of a missile being found near the site of the crash. That's not going to go well. Ukraine is waiting for permission from Iran uh, to go look for missile debris at the crash site, but Iran is there like, no, we're cleaning everything. We'll just send you everything. They also said that the black boxes that belong to the plane have been damaged and some parts of their memory was lost. This is according to Iranian investigators. The crash at the Ukraine International Airlines flight that was bound for Kiev on Wednesday raised concerns about Iran's transparency during the investigation. Iran first blamed mechanical failure, but some have speculated that Tehran's earlier missile assault on Iraqi bases housing American troops played a role. All 176 people on board died. The plane's black boxes were found amid the wreckage, not from Imam Khomeini International Airport, but Iran is refusing to turn them over to Boeing or the National Transportation Safety Board. Quote, we will not give the black box to the manufacturer or the Americans. The Ukrainians are like, okay, give it to us. But for some reason, they're not getting access to the black box either. Uh, What's truly remarkable is the pilot had to know that they were they were going down and they were crashing and as they were um as they were on fire and going down it looks now like this this heroic pilot steered that plane out of uh, dense populated areas so he could do the least damage on the ground um, even though most likely knew they weren't going to make it. Yeah, it was uh, it was really ugly, and it seemed almost impossible that it would be a coincidence that in the middle of you know firing rockets all over the place that you know this this plane just goes down with a hundred. I mean, it's certainly theoretically possible it was a coincidence, but this would be a good day to be like the Alex Jones of Iran, like you're hosting a show and just blaming everything on a false flag. Like this, you got a really good argument on this one. You got a good one. This is a yeah. good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like, uh, I mean, I don't know how good the, your chemtrails points would be that particular day. I don't, know but what, I don't know what side you would take in that. If you're the Alex Jones of Iran, what side would you be taking? Well, you're immediately saying that it w- didn't crash for for uh, mechanical reasons. There was, there was fluoride on that flight. <laughs> and they were shipping off the recipe to make all the frogs gay. Yeah. <laughs> And they were going to make all the frogs in Ukraine gay. And uh, we only wanted the gay frogs. And so they shot it down. Well, that's a great point, too. Is well, Not the gay frogs part, but the Ukraine point, too. It's like every giant news story, all a in major one. intersection in one. Like, you could blame things. Oh, this is their way of getting rid of X, Y, and Z about Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, there this were, is there were 
there were people on board that knew and had information yeah. about Donald Trump, and uh, they made us look like like we shot it down, but that was their whole thing. They were waiting for coverage. That guy was going back to Ukraine. They had to kill him. I mean, that's that's solid. <laughs> I mean, you hate to hear about terrible stories like this, but this is what fuels the entire industry. And I got to assume there's got to be an Iranian... There's got to be an Iranian uh, Alex Jones over there broadcasting on the uh, Yeah, he's radio. called the Ayatollah. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> Except for them, nothing ever is a false flag. No, it's nothing. All, there's it's all, all... Yeah, it's always that way. I, I, it is a fascinating story, though. I mean, the fact that that happened in the middle of all of this. You know, you if, you are, if you're the Ayatollah, and, and this shows, I think, that they, they don't want war. Um, you know, they are, at least at the very least... Uh, protecting themselves because they could easily have blamed that on the United States. And you got to imagine 90% of the people in the country would have believed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're in the middle of, of you just had a, who you apparently is the most respected person in the history of Iran. uh, If you believe the media, Uh, everyone's out there mourning and there's millions of people out there. They fire back uh, some missiles for the retaliation, which they claim has killed 30 American soldiers uh, killed zero in reality. And then all, all of a sudden, uh, one of your passenger jets goes down, which is, you know, tied to the country that uh, the president of the United States is currently being impeached over. Like, they could make a case easily if they wanted to fire up that population to go to war. What, 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 what are you doing? I mean, now you're just, now you're just, I'm trying to be the Alex Jones of Iran. Yeah. I'm trying to get a gig. <laughs> now, it, it, it does seem what, though, do like, you work for NBC. Well, I think it's a good indication. <laughs> I think it is a good indication that uh, they are not trying to escalate this. And this is yeah. a lot because of, and it's because of this message sent for years and years and years. We said, if you do it by proxy and to kill a few of our people, look, we'll look the other way. We don't want to get in, tr- we don't get you in trouble. Let's not get into arguments, guys. That was our position on Iran. Oh, let's have an ag- agreement here. We're going to send you a few billion dollars in unmarked bills. We, let's just, let's just be nice to each other. President Trump has sent a message that that's no longer the case, right? You, even your proxies, even if your name's not on it, even if there's no flag flying behind the attack, if you do this, because we know you're behind it, if you do it, we're going to take out a major target. If you kill our people, there are going to be real consequences, not the fakey fake ones we've been promising for years and years. And Iran, while still having to justify to their people, and there's, there's reporting now saying that they actually alerted us before the attack came. I told you that yesterday. So that they I, could be I knew that. through uh, Oslo and, and uh, there's two countries. Um, uh, oh, God. Was it Norway or Sweden? And one other. They're Qatar. I can't remember. The, they're they're interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> you can say that because those people are white. Um, and so if you because if you said that, oh, my gosh, about another continent, oh, I know. that would That'd be, be the worst thing in the world. Um, but, you know. The idea being that they, through intermediaries, actually told us these rockets or missiles were coming. We had our guys clear out uh, places where we were storing equipment. So those buildings were hit. I mean, it was a show, right? Mm -hmm. A show largely for the Iranian people Mm -hmm. to say we did something. Mm -hmm. But they do not seem to want to escalate this any further. And it seems like they got the message. Again, we said this yesterday. I think this is what Mike Lee was saying today is very important. That going forward, we make sure we do this the right way. It seems to be very well aligned with what Donald Trump ran on and what he actually believes. 
he has stopped uh, stopped the progress of military uh, intervention many many times since he's been president and has been very restrained on that front um and so it does seem that all that stuff is aligned however up to this point forgetting what's what it is going forward this has been a complete a plus for the president we have sent a message. We took out a terrible terrorist who killed 600 American uh, soldiers and tortured God knows how many people in the region. And the retribution for that was basically nothing. Basically nothing so far. Could it could escalate? We, there are other groups uh, that are proxies for Iran that are saying, well, we see Iran got their revenge. Well, now we're going to get ours. We may very well see more, but this is as good as one of these things can turn out in the very short term. So I mean, I, it seems like and a nobody huge really, win. you know, nobody in the press seemed to care when it was Benghazi, when we mm-hmm. did this in Libya no. uh, under Obama and Hillary Clinton, and you know, Hillary Clinton, everybody, I, I saw these people, you know, saying Hillary Clinton, she would, I was right, she wouldn't have done this. She's on record saying that she would have gone in and bombed Iran. We came, we saw they died. Yeah, that's the, uh, but that's, that's Libya. Like, that's Libya. I know. I know, but I mean, like, this is a. a f- far crazier action than anything that trump has done in uh the number uh strikes of an iraq without congressional pr- approval between iraq and syria uh during the obama administration was 2800 oh my gosh 2800 attacks now the only thing that's difficult different here is the fact that this guy was a high level Iranian Uh, Iranian from another country it's legally justifiable we've talked about that before um however like that's totally like they took out Gaddafi. I mean Gaddafi's the biggest guy you you can talk about here he was actually the leader of the country and we were bragging about it on television you know we, we were she was laughing about his death and then Benghazi came and destabilized Syria Right. And we got ISIS from it. And you have to be careful because these things could happen. It could happen. A similar could thing could here. very well happen here could. from one of these proxy groups. But the, 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 what, what Trump seemingly is saying is get your people under control. You know what? These proxy groups are you. So if they do this, you do this, and you're going to see real consequences. That is a different approach in the way this, is, this, this, has, this has occurred over the years. Um, and it's hard to not see this as basically the best case scenario so far. We have Ian Bremmer coming up uh, next hour, um, and uh, he's not, I wouldn't call him a Trump fan, um, but he has said that almost exactly. This is a huge win for the president, uh, and when you judge it, I think, on its merits, and you're able to say, well, when the president does good things, it's good, and when the president does bad things, it's bad. You're not CNN. You're not Lou Dobbs. If you can get somewhere in between those two things, you could say that this was a huge win. This is a really big positive for the president, at least as it stands right now. And if this is the message that the Middle East gets, that you can't do these things or you will feel face real consequences, uh, that is an incredible positive I think for what our situation going forward. I think what he said in his speech to the rest of the world was some of the best stuff I have heard from a president perhaps ever. I mean, he put the world on notice. And, and you know, when I was growing up, you never harmed an American. If you had an American passport, you were golden. Nobody was screwing with you. And I think part of that came from uh, our credibility, uh, but also part of it came from World War II, you know, 
We, we dropped two bombs on Japan. Then they became our allies and our friends. But they knew, don't screw with the U.S. And that faded over years. And so now, you a U.S. citizen, you're more likely to be targeted. But that's because the U.S. doesn't respond like it used to. The, U- the U.S. responded in the old days like Donald Trump did. I'm not going to get you for, you know, for blowing up a drone. But if you kill one of our people, we're going to hit you and hit you hard. And then we're going home. And then we're going home. How different would the world be if we would have bombed uh, Afghanistan and just really just just destroyed the Taliban quickly and then continued the hunt for Osama bin Laden. But that's what we did. And then we went home. How world, how different would the world be? We are not going to nation build. We're not going to build you back up. We are going to kill you. And then we're going home. And then we'll be your friends. Just don't screw with us. And the president said last night, we're energy independent. We're oil independent now. We're the biggest exporter of oil and the biggest producer of oil in the world right now. So we don't need this. So England and Germany and everybody else, you better step to the plate. And I think that was a really good message. The other good message that he gave was, We've restored our military. We have, you know, rail guns and, and hypersonic missiles under development about to be deployed. And, and our strength comes from not using them. But you should know we will use them if you screw with us. He restored our place in order uh, yesterday. What makes the world go around is peace through strength. And then the kind of restraint that this president has shown on using any of those weapons. Uh, there's a, uh, a couple of stories here that I think uh, are worth mentioning. None of the view ladies are speaking to Megan McCain anymore. Can you imagine being the conservative on that show? I mean, and, and she's not even that conservative. Yeah, and this this pattern just plays out every single oh, time. They gosh. bring in someone who's, you know, it's never conservative, but it's like a Republican figure who will actually argue for things that are yeah, can be conservative at times and, you know, moderate at other times. And you just get lit up and berated all the time over it. It, it doesn't make much. I, I don't know why they even bother. No one, no one believes that the show is balanced. You know, I, I don't know why they even bother. Can I ask you a mm-hmm. question? And I mean, when I say I don't mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know why they bother airing the show anymore. Like, what, yeah. take it, just get complete. How is it on? How is Whoopi Goldberg still on television giving her opinion? And Joy Behar? I mean, did they, has she's been she banned ever? from the Catskills? Is that why yeah. there's just no? Yeah, no, there's nothing. Mm. There's nothing. McDonald's is changing. Well, let me just read the headline. The new McDonald's CEO targets the company's hard partying culture. (laughs) Now, I didn't know they had a hard partying culture. I did not either. But when you think about it and you think about the McGriddle, 
That was probably somebody that was high or drunk. You know, they were like, hey, wait a minute, dude. What if we put, like, some eggs and bacon and we put them between two pancakes? Make the bun pancakes! Do it! That's great. That is. That is. I mean, that probably would lead to some invention and innovation. You You know what? We should be open all the time <laughs> because like, at four o'clock in the morning, I might go and I might, I might be still awake. So we should be open twenty-four hours a day. <gasps> and now, who feels like an egg in my muffin right now? Yeah, that's true. I will say the breakfast all day thing. Yeah, was almost specifically directed towards the increase in legalization of marijuana. I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think that was like you know what they're they're gonna legalize pot. Dude, Let's get ahead of it. What do you mean it's what do you mean it's three o'clock in the afternoon? I want the eggs with the pancakes on each side of it. Yeah, and it is the best. Have you seen the new donut sticks they have now? What donut sticks? No, at McDonald's. At McDonald's, yeah. So they're so that salad is long. Gone, oh god, no, no, it's, the, the donut sticks are in the salad. In his salad. No, <laughs> they're the croutons. Uh, no, the donut sticks. They have them. Um, they're kind of like. I mean, there's sticks of donut, but they have like dipping sauce, like a chocolate dipping sauce. I think a caramel dipping sauce, and they've got like sugar on the outside. It's basically, it's basically broccoli. I mean, it's health food. If I may say, a Florida woman has just been arrested for threatening to get McDonald's sauce, quote, by any means necessary. Mm. Now, they're 20 cents a package, so you could pay for them. That that's means. You know, Those that's, the means that's you could use. Mean, you know, it's 20 cents. <laughs> The FBI and Department of Homeland Security has issued a warning against uh, an Iran cyber threat. I don't think that takes anybody by surprise, um, but uh, just prepare yourself uh, just in case and don't panic. The, uh, the media has been pretty shocking, but CNN's boldness and its unwillingness to even look at its own mistakes is a little breathtaking. And I'm wondering... Who who owns it now? Is it just is it just Time War- is it still Time Warner that owns CNN? Uh, I don't remember. I can't I get confused. Um, but AT&T, I don't know how they AT and T. Yeah, it might be AT and T now. Mm-hmm. When is when is someone going to say okay enough, just enough? The the media critic at the Washington Post is doing something, and I'm not really a fan of this guy, but he's he's doing something that I have not seen a media critic do. He is not only taking on CNN, but he took on the Washington Post, and he even took on himself. He said, in my column, I said this, this, and this, and that was wrong. I mean, it's it's quite amazing that there there is, there are a few people that are trying to say, okay, wait a minute. And CNN is becoming the target for a lot of journalists uh, outside of CNN who are saying, it's not us, it's them. Now, that's not what, uh, that's not what uh, Eric Wemple did. He said it was us, too. Yeah, he called uh, himself a, uh, what was it, a, a pathetic media criticism failure. failure. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, you know, probably... In those words may have been described to use him in the pa- uh, about him in the past, but not usually by himself. So that's pretty pretty significant there. So the article that he wrote for the Washington Post, dear CNN, what parts of the Steele dossier were corroborated? I mean, listen to how how they stood on the Steele dossier being corroborated. Here's a audio clip. 
Parts of the now infamous dossier on Trump have proven to be true. I know the history of the dossier, but it hasn't been discredited. In fact, it's been the opposite. It's been corroborated. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. This discredited dossier, which was paid for, paid for. Your intel community has corroborated all of the details in there, the meeting. Some of the substantive content of the dossier, we were able to corroborate in our intelligence community assessment, which Mm. from other sources in which we had very high confidence. We know that with the FISA application, the relevant parts of Christopher Steele's dossier were corroborated. If the application included information from the dossier, it would only be after the FBI had, in fact, corroborated information through its own investigation. We also know that as time goes on, more and more parts of the Steele dossier get corroborated. So when the president just refers to it as fake dossier, that is false? I don't think that's that, that is the accurate characterization for the entirety of the dossier. Clear investigators have corroborated part of the uh, dossier. The dossier has been corroborated by the intelligence community. U.S. investigators have corroborated some of the allegations in that dossier. Yes. Although we do know that parts of it have been corroborated. It's not been corroborated, but it hasn't been disproven either. Is there anything in the dossier that has been disproven? No. But not one thing has been disproven. No major thing from the dossier has been conclusively disproven. Uh-huh. To date, none of it has been disproven. And whole big parts of it are holding up. The dossier um, holds up well. None of it has been disproven. All of the allegations in it, I don't know that anything has been disproven. It's a fact that none of it, not one word, has been disproven. In fact, a lot of it turned out to be right on the money. Former high-ranking intelligence officials have told us on the record that there is nothing in the Steele dossier that they know to have been disproven. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. Do you not accept that they... I don't agree with that, Alice. This is our reporting, and this is what... um, this is what crime-fighting agencies have said, that the crime FBI would agencies. not have just taken uh, a dossier mm. to the FISA court and used that as their predicate for the surveillance. They had to corroborate it themselves. That's how they operate. Yeah. Mm. Well, as we found out, that's not how they operated. Uh, and so CNN is holding the line. And uh, the Washington Post, their ombudsman, said, at the time, the White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, said, we continue to be disgusted by CNN's fake news reporting. It's now, with some hindsight-assisted dossier accountability, uh, falls on the Eric Wemple blog. That's the author's uh, blog. After Spicer's blast, we wrote a post criticizing the White House for its authoritarian response to the CNN story. Though the White House's conduct was typically Bush League and anti-democratic, the Eric Wemple blog should have spread some skepticism to CNN for its vague story. We did not. That is a pathetic media criticism failure. I will say this Stuber Gear host gives the Eric Wemple blog some uh, real credit there in admitting how pathetic they have been on this particular issue. Well, the the Glenn Beck blog and broadcaster oh. uh, did not say anything at the time, mm. and uh, so he's not a pathetic. Um, no, he didn't take a he didn't take a stand either way. Okay, so <laughs> I just I, first of all stop stop with the third person nonsense. But secondly, I, I mean it is it is important that mainstream media calls out mainstream media from time to time uh, when they've been this bad, this consistently on this issue, and CNN has been the main culprit on this. Um, you know, they they really came out and uh, tried to give this thing credibility. And, you know, first of all, you get the it's been corroborated, which the only thing that was corroborated in the dossier 
were things that were publicly available through other sources that had been reported in other places. So basically, there was nothing in there that was actually corroborated. Secondly, they try to introduce this ridiculous standard as nothing has been conclusively disproven, which is an impossible standard. And, and, and no, no journalist should report anything based on that. It has not been conclusively disproven. How do you disprove these things? Well, shockingly, now... They actually have been conclusively disproven as they went back to the sources who basically said they were joking. We now can conclusively disprove these allegations in the dossier. So even with the ridiculous fake journalistic standard of things need to be conclusively disproven or we're going to report them, even with that standard, they failed. Yeah. And here's where they did. Here's where a lot of their failures came. According to the Washington Post, the CNN story also pads the dossier with this claim. Another allegation that's proven true. Steele's sources noted that the Russian government had indirectly paid Michael Flynn to travel to Moscow, a reference to his attendance at a gala honoring the state run broadcaster RT. Well, says the Washington Post, Flynn's gala participation in December 15th was promoted by RT and drew some coverage in the media well. So the trip itself was no secret. As for the payment, Flynn himself confirmed it during an interview with Michael Iskoff uh, in Yahoo News in July 2016. Top Trump advisor defends payment for Russian-speaking engagement, wrote, read the, uh, the uh, Yahoo News headline. So by July 2016, the world knew that Flynn had traveled to Russia for a gala and that he'd been paid by Russians for it. The dossier memorandum containing this same claim about Flynn and others is dated August 10, 2016. Therefore, Steele's claim about Flynn appeared just to be an aggregation job. So the ones that they, they made it into more than it was... They said it was in the Steele dossier, and they're confirming these things now with the FBI. The ones that you could confirm were already out in the media, and no one was denying those things. But because it was in this dossier that said Trump was deeply in bed with Russia and all of this, it made it look like those things that had already been out in the media and admitted to that those things were part of this conspiracy. Now, I don't know how much Sandman uh, got, Nicholas Sandman, um, for his lawsuit against CNN, but I, I hope it was a lot. He was suing them for $275 million. Mm-hmm. Stu would be surprised if it was into eight figures. I'd be surprised if it wasn't in eight figures. I'm hoping that it was nine figures. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hope he got a lot. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times these things wind up being settled for a lot less. And we mentioned this before, the, the Hulk Hogan lawsuit that took down Gawker as a company and no longer exists. He got $30 million. Now, he was. they published a sex tape of him. <laughs> they published him having sex with someone who wasn't his wife on the internet. Uh, and they had Peter Thiel's lawyers behind Hulk Hogan, a major public figure, and they still only got $30 million. So 
I don't know. I mean, he he probably was never getting 275. Everyone asked for a heck no, of a lot more. No, he's not going to get 275. You know, I think Melania Trump, when she sued um, over her issue with the Daily Mail, asked for 150 million, and I believe got three. Um, so this, I think this is different. I I, I hope I, I, you could be right. I think it you is could different. be right. I think you're right. It's different, but I think it's different in a, in a in a sign that would point to less money, not more. Oh, I don't think so. Because Sandman is not. You know, look, he got. Remember, these things aren't decided necessarily solely on the idea of how mean or how bad the coverage was. It also has to do with did you ruin. Uh, you know, future earnings potential. You know, if you're a major, uh, a person who's making millions of dollars a year and you destroy your reputation, you're going to get a lot more money than someone who is making less. Look, I think Sandman deserves morally every dime CNN has. They were terrible. And on I that. also think that punitively, CNN needs to be taught a lesson. And so does the rest of the media. They mm-hmm. took steps that were dishonest, intentionally dishonest. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, overall he's suing for $800 million. Yeah. I hope he walks away with one to 200. I hope he walks away with 850 million, (laughs) but he won't. But I hope with all of the media uh, sources that it is, it is closer to two, 200 million that he walks away with, uh, than, uh, than not, because I think he deserves it. And I think the media needs to be punished. And a $5 million, $10 million settlement means nothing to I mean, CNN. I mean, even, even if you got $100 million out of them, I'm sure they have uh, libel insurance that goes. Oh, through. sure, sure, sure. I mean, John Oliver was sued for uh, a, a fortune by a, an, um, a coal uh, company a head who was criticized on the show. Mm-hmm. And he you know, tried to sue him for you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. I, it, now, HBO won that suit. Um, but even with that, the legal costs were largely covered by HBO's insurance anyway. I mean, this is, you know, they had, it, it's not like it's nothing. I mean, it, it's, it's certainly going to be a pain in the butt for CNN. And but, it also makes your insurance more expensive. Yeah, yep. And uh, you better be a little more careful on everything else you report. So it may not have hurt them financially, but it did hurt them. It it hurt their reputation, too, and rightly so. I mean, they were just one of them. And the Washington Post really led the the bandwagon on that thing, even more than CNN, I think. I mean, CNN uh, was really just reporting on the back of what the Washington Post initially uh, reported. They're up next. Yeah, and they're going to, I think they've got an even tougher case than CNN had. So this will be interesting. I love this. Democratic insiders are now telling the front runners, hey, can you guys stop looking like you're Iran's lawyers? Uh, They said uh, they want to avoid any sense that they are looking like they are in favor of Iran. Uh, Horses out of that barn. Uh, and they also need to explain what they would do differently. It can't simply be just rejoin the Iran deal. It can't be come home, America. Come home, America wasn't a great theme for George McGovern in 72, and it's not likely to work any better in 2020. I think they're facing another George McGovern kind of loss. I really do. I, I just don't. I, I At this point, everything could change. But at this point... I can't imagine Americans saying, "Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta go with these these people and the socialist and radical ideas that they have," because I don't think America lives there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it seems like the the, the McGovern style victories have only occurred with 
pretty with with presidents with incredibly high po- uh, popularity ratings. I mean, you know, Nixon's you know approval ratings were incredibly high before mm-hmm. Watergate. Mm-hmm. Reagan was coming into the real meat of the success of his administration, The Morning for America, uh, with against Dukakis. You have that sort of background that that seems to be sort of the pattern for that. Trump has had a lot of success with the economy. Uh, this most recent incident with Iran is, I think, you know, worked out well. The ISIS thing was, was there's been a lot of success stories, but still his approval rating is, you know, 41, 42 percent. Uh, and, you know, polling kind of shows a very close race. Sometimes he's behind every once in a while he's ahead, but it's, you know, a pretty tight race, very polarized public. Almost nothing that's happened. All these big stories has moved his approval rating more than two or three points his entire administration. He's had the most consistent approval ratings of any president that's in a crazy. really long time. And you think of the way that the coverage has been against him. It's amazing they haven't been able to knock that down. But that doesn't necessarily, at least the science right now, I don't think you know, points towards a, a massive victory like yeah. that. I don't even know if that's possible today. I think we almost are too polarized for it even to occur. Maybe. Or with anybody. Maybe. But uh, I just sense Democrats are tired of this, too. Mm.